0: There are some people who I view as what I call super connectors. If I need to meet, like, hey, do you know anybody at XYZ Company? Do you know anyone at Google? Do you know anybody at Forbes? Do you know anybody at, I don't know, the government? These super connectors always know somebody or know somebody who knows somebody, and they're really happy to connect people up. Chris Winfield, Jen Gottlieb, they are total super connectors. They teach how to be super connectors, and... There's so much I learned from them about entrepreneurship and how I could be a better entrepreneur. So here they go, Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb. Let's talk about you guys. Like before I even knew the name of your company, I thought to myself, these two are super connectors. First off, I can't even remember how I met both of you. I met both of you before you were together. And Uh now you're getting married. Congratulations. And I always knew, like, Chris, you would organize dinners. And and then both of you would organize these conferences. And I'd go to them. A, everyone was happy. Like, they're all like, oh, I'm so happy (laughs) since I met Chris (laughs) and Jen. And then also, everybody was introducing each other to, it was all interesting people. They all were doing interesting things. Everybody followed up afterwards. If you saw someone standing in the corner, usually me, you would say, Oh, you have to meet so-and-so you have to meet so-and-so. So you really, you know, there are, a, there is a category of people. And I've only met a few people like this who really are super connectors. Like they know everybody and they also know how to meet everybody. So I used to work with a, a PR firm. I don't know if you know, um, I'm going to shout out a random person, but Jolie Hunt, uh, she uh, used to run PR for Financial Times, then IBM. Now she has her own uh, company. She's like a major super connector in my life. You guys are super connectors. But more importantly, right now, you're, you're being very focused on helping people, whether they're influencers or entrepreneurs, or you could describe other categories, but you're helping them get media, which is incredibly difficult. Like we're, we're living in this attention saturated society. So if you want to stand out with a product or a book or an idea, or you want to get, you know, mentioned on TV or in the newspaper, it's impossible. And not only is it hard, but I know for my own self, I have been on TV quite a bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys talk in a second. I just, this is why I'm so excited <laughs> no, to have good. you on. I love like, this. Like, A, I would say the fact that I've been on TV quite a bit, uh, for better or for worse, has helped me incredibly in my career, because I'm a very shy, introverted person, but on TV, I'm not. And so it's helped me quite a bit. Like, people know me, so that gives me opportunities. And second, it's very hard for me to ask to go on TV, or like, when I have a book out, I know every podcaster out there and some of them, many of them are good friends. It's hard for me to call someone and say, hey, I have a new book out. Can you put me on? I never do that. I can't ask people. I was even going to write a book called The Power of Ask, and I'm so bad at it, I decided not to write the book. I had to return (laughs) the advance money. So,
1: (laughs) so, Oh my gosh. So
0: so you guys are great at all these things. So now fortunately for me, I've been on a lot of media and TV and podcasts and books and everything, but you help People just starting out do this. And I have to say to anyone listening, it's incredibly, incredibly important and it's incredibly hard to do. You say you could do it within five days of meeting someone. What the hell are you talking about?
2: <laughs> Jen, you um, want to start?
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing, James. I want to just reframe the asking for help thing really quick for you. Reframe because it. this is yeah. like a
0: therapy session. Yeah.
1: This, a little bit, because I'm going to ask you, how do you feel when somebody that you care about asks you for help and you're able to help them? Like, how did you oh. feel like when, when someone recently, I'm sure someone asked you for help and someone that you love and you were like, Oh, you're, I can help you. How does that make you feel?
0: Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's, uh, I remember back in 1996, 1995, a friend of mine was unemployed and I was, and this is the first time I ever had like I was in a situation with some power where I was able to help this friend of mine who was about to move out of New York because he was unemployed and losing all his money. And I was able to get him a job and get him a nice deal, a nice salary and everything. And that was the first time I ever did it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is like this magic feeling inside of me. Like I was able to help someone and I was able to build a career after that around helping people.
1: It feels so good when you're able to help somebody that you care about. So whenever you're thinking about asking somebody, especially someone that you're close to for help, just think about how amazing you're going to get to make them feel when they help you. And every time that you don't ask them for help, you're taking away that incredible feeling that you could be giving that person.
0: I know, I know you say that, but I somehow, when I, I see how you're reframing it, but I always, when you, when you ask up, I always feel like everyone's like, oh, my God, another person asking me for help. Because here's the thing. I get emails all day long. Hey, you know, Mr. Altucher, can you X, Y, Z? And then I don't really like it as much, like when it's just, you know, generic. Because I do a lot to help people anyway. Just I give away almost all my stuff for free, uh, like my writing and podcasting and Uh, So I don't sometimes like when people ask me.
2: (laughs) Here's the thing. So because they have no relationship with you, there's no relationship capital or anything. So one of the things that we always teach people is that if you're going to like if you're going to ask somebody for something or let's say you're pitching to the media or whatever, build some sort of relationship, figure out what you can do to help that person. And as you know, because you've met and you're friends with, you know, some of the most richest, most successful, most famous people in the world, every single person. No matter who it is, needs help with something. Like, there's not one person alive. The rock needs help with something. You know, there's like, it doesn't matter. Like, and it's your job, like, uh, you know, whoever the other person is, to figure out what it is. How can I be the one to help that person? And it changes as the higher you go up. Uh, But I think that's the big difference. So, like, somebody who's just cold pitching you and saying, like, hey, can you help me with this? Or can you be my mentor? Because you wrote about uh, mentoring in like your books. And like, so I'm sure you're. You get so many people asking that but yeah. they, they haven't done anything for you you know they haven't put in that time to you know figure out how can i help james So that's the difference. Like what Jen's saying is like if it's somebody that you're helping, that you already have a relationship with, that you love, that you care about, or, you know, maybe even just like, um, and then you do something to help them, like you feel great. So that's the way that we're always thinking about it. We're never thinking of it like from a real like transactional standpoint where it's like, all right, well, I'm going to ask this person and every single person I'm going to ask is going to help me because no, that's not how the world works. Most people, as you know, like uh, you've you've written about like the power of reaching and, you know, all these things, like the, most people are going to say no, and that's okay.
0: You're a hundred percent right. Like one time when I was, uh, this is like in 2002, I was totally broke. Uh, I was really depressed and down and out. And I did just that. I I wrote to everybody saying, Hey, can I just get five minutes of your time? Buy you a cup of coffee? Zero people responded. Like, and I've I've said this on the podcast before. It's not like Warren Buffett is going to say, Hey, He's, say, he's not going to say to his secretary, Gladys, drop everything. James Aldisher wants me to buy a cup of coffee or wants to buy me a cup of coffee. Like he doesn't care. So I went, I started writing this 10 ideas a day and I started coming up with ideas for everyone and then just giving them for free and not asking to get together, just yep. saying, hey, you can have these ideas for free. And then I got responses.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, I for me, when I was at my one of my lowest points, when I'd lost everything and I w- wanted to get, I wanted to start doing this thing where I'd meet with somebody every single day. So what I did was a little bit different. I just figured out who could refer me to the person. So who could introduce me to them? So, and I made this like list and I would say, all right, this person has these connections that I know. How can I get them to intro me? So, and as a result of that, I met with like, the guy who owned the New York Times, um, you know, the guy who owns...
0: Describe that story. Like, so Salzberger or, or... Yeah, Arthur. Was, Sal- yeah, I remember yeah. he's
2: Upper West Side guy, um, or he was. Um, so here's the interesting thing. I grew up in a household that my parents were both school psychologists. Um, I was the first person in my in my family to not work in a school and to actually just, like, get a job outside of school because I was a terrible student and I always got in trouble. So I didn't come from, like, an entrepreneurial or well-connected family. But here's the thing. I remembered that my father had volunteered at Mohonk, which is a place in New Paltz. You might know it. Um, And Arthur happened to be on the board of Mohonk. So my father had a bit of a relationship with him through that. So uh, as I was doing my list, I remembered all these different things. I'm writing them all out. And boom, my father was able to connect me to Arthur. And at a time when—
0: Did he feel bad about asking Arthur?
2: No. Because we had a good relationship, right? Okay. (laughs) And, you know, I think it's also like when you're introing somebody or, you know, asking on behalf of somebody else, it's even easier um, because it's not like about yourself. So, and like, I just kept going through and then I would get like a intro from that person. So for example, Arthur then connected me to the VP of marketing for the times. And, you know, then the VP of marketing connected me to the events person from the times. And, you know, all I was doing was showing up, trying to figure out what I could do to help the people because i had nothing to offer
0: so before you met arthur or or even as part of the ass perhaps was there something you were offering like what what was the idea you had for arthur that he couldn't get anywhere else
2: Yeah. So the idea for him was just simply that uh, it was more around like a think and grow rich uh, in terms of like when Napoleon Hill met with Carnegie and, you know, more around being able to extract like some wisdom from him, like really. And, you know, and for whatever reason, at that point, he was he was open to that. And he came and like he actually taught me a lesson about humility. So this was a guy like, you know, I'm going to meet him in Times Square. Like, it's literally, I'm like, this is your square. (laughs) Um, You know, it's uh, named after New York Times. And he came out, I, you know, I just lost all my money in in, in this business had completely imploded. And he came, met me at the elevator did not even have like a uh you know did not even have like a some somebody else from his staff or anything like met me at the elevator was so gracious with his time walked me around to the different things like that you know that was one of those lessons for me about like oh wow like you can be this successful and still be super uh humble and uh you know and that 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 literally like changed my life, just that meeting. I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but I will never forget him coming out to meet me on the 13th floor and saying, hey, I'm Arthur. And did it lead to something like... Yes, it led to um, a, the connection with the New York Times and then doing some stuff with them um, and then getting in with their event space um, and, you know, other things and then just uh, relationships, like, even down the line. Um, and, you know, what it also led to was having a great story to talk about with, uh, you know, about humility and, you know, that thing.
0: See, people underestimate the power of story also. The worst mm-hmm. case scenario, in re- and this I need to tell myself, but the worst case scenario in reaching out to somebody in an interesting way is that you have a story out of it.
2: A hundred percent, and even if it's, and a lot of times, as we all know, and like you're the you're the champion of this, is like. If it's a bad story, or if it's a story that yeah. went like, if he came and like he hated me and like you know like was so rude and all this, like that's a great story too. So like like I'm gonna win either way. So the only way I don't win is if I don't make the ask, if I don't go and meet him. And I you know and that's the thing. Like we always feel that way. I remember at, when Jen and I were at your club at Stand Up NY, and we were talking to Seinfeld after um, after he had it was like on a memorial day or something and i was asking him some questions and i was like do you still keep in touch with larry david and he's like yeah and i was like how do you feel like when you're done talking to him he's like you know what i always feel horrible when i'm calling him but i always feel amazing when i get off the phone and i was like that's it for everything because any event like you were talking about the events that we do or you know our challenges or anything like Whenever I'm like gonna have to go somewhere, like even if it's my own event, I'm like, oh my God, how can I get out of this? Like, can they, oh, like, is totally. it is the place gonna just like, you know, like catch on fire or something? And like, but then, like, when you leave, you almost always feel better. So I don't know. I just went off on a big tangent, but
0: no, that's totally true, also. So nobody likes to, to go to anything. It's the, and particularly now, we're all, you, we built the habit of just staying home. But exactly. So, so what are you telling? People who you meet, like who's, who's the type of person you can get on TV? Can anyone, and I use get on TV, but it's really about like all media, like any media presence. But you, you, I know you're focusing on TV because that's maybe the hardest get.
2: Yeah, it's, it's maybe the hardest and also the, the most, uh, cachet, um, you know, in terms of like, when my parents see me on TV, they're like, wow, you're doing so great. You're so successful. <laughs> you know, um, they might not know anything about what I'm doing, uh, you know, in my life, but they see me on TV or their friends see me on TV and they're like, wow, that's it. And I think that's what happens in the minds of our customers, in the minds of our audience. Um, Jen, you want to talk a little bit about like what we actually do?
1: Yeah. So anybody really that has a service, a story or a product that wants to get it out into the masses or anybody that wants to be considered as the recognized expert, because sometimes really magical happens, I mean, just think about it this way. When you see someone on TV, all of a sudden your perception of that person changes like you could see even with even with big publications like i a great example is the other day i did an instagram live about um how to connect with people in real life better okay i was like i'm going to do this instagram live it's going to be awesome i'm going to get all this engagement i have this great idea so i do this instagram live eh, it does okay doesn't get that much engagement it's not that fabulous but i believed in the idea and i was like people need to know how to connect in real life they need to know how to go to events they need these tips I'm going to take this and I'm going to pitch it to Forbes and I'm going to see what happens if it becomes a Forbes article. And through relationships, somebody that, I asked, that I've been building a relationship with and providing value to for a really long time, I'd never asked her for anything before in my life. I decided to make the ask because I was ready because i have been giving and giving and giving and she was so excited to help me. So this Instagram Live, same content, turned into a Forbes article. This you could use for TV as well.
0: That is so important. This is, this is what I call the spoken wheel technique. You have like a core idea, and
1: mm-hmm. it doesn't
0: matter whether you first present it in a blog post, uh, like a LinkedIn article, a podcast, an Instagram live. It can go a book it, or on TV. it can go in all of them ultimately. Like you always just repackage repurpose, and this becomes, you know, the, the wheel has many spokes. So, and, and also percent. when you're, when you went to the Forbes person, it's not like, Hey, can I start writing for you? I do this. This is no, it's like you gave them, a, you solved a problem for them. They need content all day long, every day. And you gave them uh, Hey, I could turn this around right away for you guys.
1: Yep. And she, and she was ready for me because I had always been just keeping the relationship going. This was a relationship that I'd had for a couple of years, James, where I never asked her for a thing. And then I was ready. I was like, okay. And she was like, sure, yes, please. Can I help you? Yes, let's do it. It's a great idea. So here's what happened when this little Instagram live that did nothing turned into a mainstream media piece with the name Forbes on top. Now we're talking about TV too. So you could think of the same thing as like a CNN segment, right? All of a sudden, everybody came out of the woodwork. Oh my God. Forbes. Congratulations. I got like I hundreds of shares from this Forbes article, people talking about it. Then the next week I got to speak at uh, this mastermind that I'm in, the 100 million mastermind with Dan Fleischman and Joel Marion. And I spoke on stage and I put the Forbes article on the screen. And after my speech, everyone was going crazy. Congrats on Forbes. That's amazing. They were all sharing it. So when you get into mainstream media, it could be the exact same content that you've already talked about, but the perception is different. And suddenly I looked different in people's eyes. Suddenly I just was like more famous, more important. And that's just how uh, mainstream media gives you that credibility and makes people like want to talk to you more (laughs) and want to be near you.
0: For for better or for worse, like who knows if that's a valid reason for people to want to talk to you, but it, it, it is. it That is the truth. And and the other thing is Forbes gets a lot of eyeballs to, to if I'm using the te- correct technical term. And, you know, that's why people love to spend millions of dollars advertising in Forbes. So if you can get free placing in a place that other people spend millions of dollars advertising, that's worth real money to, to someone's business, to someone's, you know, career and, and so on. Like, uh, you know, there was one time, uh, so I, back in the OOs and, and I, I've actually all throughout, I've been on CNBC and other networks quite a bit, you know, commenting on financial stuff mostly, but, um, there was one time I wasn't on for six months and I was afraid, oh my gosh, people are going to forget about me. And I, six months is like a lifetime, but then, it, you know, it doesn't even matter if it's been years, like people still remember people still know, oh, you're that guy and blah, blah, blah. So. It lasts for a long time, that credibility.
2: Exactly, and the cool thing is, as well, is the, and one of the things that we teach people is that the power of leverage. So mm-hmm. I have stuff that, it, from you know, that I still tell stories about from like 2002 when I was on stuff, or 2003. Like you just frame it around like a story that you want to tell. So it doesn't matter. Like a lot of times people are like, "How oh, I could never talk about that." That happened a month ago. I'm like, a month. I'm talking about things from 18 years ago. Like still, like because as long as you're going back to like the power of story and the power of being able to tap into your audience and, you know, be able to make them relate to you more. It's so powerful. And, you know, the way that I found out about all like get about media is that when I I had one job in my life and it was horrible, it was absolutely horrible. And I when I they stopped paying me and, you know, I had no money and I so I decided to start my own company Um, and. I wasn't doing great. It was a web design and search engine optimization company, and what well, year was this? I, that was two thousand two, oh, and the, the absolute
0: worst year for both those categories.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and so I was doing hard, and there was like, and as you know, there was like a million other people trying to do the same thing and all that. So I, I was, I was watching CNBC one day, and I'm like, wow, like some guy was on. I'm like, I want to be that guy. I want to hire that guy. Like, I want to know that guy. And I'm like, wait. It's just because he's on TV. So I had that realization, you know, the, the trust, the authority, all that. And I'm like, what, what if I could do that for myself? And I I had no money. I had no connections at that point, and uh, there were so many other people that were doing the exact same thing. So I started figuring out how to get in the media. I got on in the New York Times. Um, it, it was actually about remote working, which is so weird. Like it was like a 2002 or 2000, yeah, I think 2002 article about remote working and like how it was just starting to come out. And then um, and then like the next year, I got in an article in USA Today, and this was when USA Today was on every hotel, you know, doorstep and everything. And literally within six hours, I got a um, division of Virgin, uh, Virgin, uh, it, they signed on, They well, they found me and then they wind up signing on as a client. They became my first multi-million dollar client and I was just hooked. I was like, wow, this is the, and then throughout my career, whatever business it was, that was the, always the common denominator for me. I always used media as like my unfair advantage to separate myself, to differentiate myself. And then that's what we teach people to do the same thing, like how anyone can do it because listen, I'm as basic as they come. Like I, I have no degree. I mean, I have a, I think I have a bachelor's, but I have no like letters before or after my name. I have, you know, no special skills or anything. And like, I was always able to do it. And that's like the thing that we tell people, like it doesn't, you know, is if you have a story, if you're, uh, you don't need uh, to have to necessarily hire a fancy PR firm, we have a PR agency. And I still tell people that, Um, you know, you can, you can do it yourself.
0: So, I mean, in the stories you described, you had some connections to the times, you know, Jen, you had some connections to Forbes that you've been working on for years. Let's just, let's go through like an example. Let's say I approach you and I started a company and I made, I don't know, software that helps nail salons keep track of their customers or whatever. And I'm, uh, you know, every nail, I'm already selling it. Every nail salon needs software for, you know, CRM software for their customers and blah, blah, blah. And now I want to get some media. So it's kind of like a weird little business and I don't have any connections other than nail salon people or in-software people. What would you tell me? How would you help me?
2: Let's break it down, Jen.
1: Yes. Okay. So the first thing you're going to want, there's two steps here. And the first step you want to do is you, you, you want to get super, super clear on where you want to be in the media. And you may be like, Chen, I don't even know. This is like a software for nail salons. Like, where are they going to talk about me? What Sesame how does that Street, even, I don't know. Yeah, like where – But." You don't even realize, James, there's so many more opportunities than you even know. There are so many niche publications that we don't even know necessarily right now off the top of our heads exist, and so many different like smaller television networks, and even now with the internet, places and media that you could be. So the best way that we tell people to figure out where you want to be is to use FOMO. And I don't mean FOMO like fear of missing out, like when your friends are at a party and you're like, oh my God, I'm FOMOing. I mean that, that feeling that you have when you see somebody else that maybe is your competitor or does something similar to you and you, you see them in the media or you see them getting a lot of attention and you feel like, oh my God, that should be me. Why is that not me?
0: Well, that is really important because mm-hmm. let's say someone's deciding on which, which company to use. If one company has been on TV and the other hasn't, it, that's it. That's the decision.
1: Yeah, precision. so look, Google them. Go. It's so simple. Go into Google News and Google your competitor and see where in the media they're showing up. You're probably going to find, especially if it's like a software or something like that, different niche publications that you didn't even know existed that they've been featured in. And you're just going to use their beautiful yellow brick road that they painted for you on what journalists are writing about what you talk about, what shows are featuring the topic that you talk about. So you're going to use that FOMO, that jealousy that you feel. Like we all do it. We all compare ourselves to other people or to our competitors. So you're going to create a list using that FOMO, following other people that do the same thing as you. And Then once you have the list, this is the key. So you'll be like, all right, Jen, now I have this list. Now what do I do? Do I like cold pitch people? Hold on one second.
0: Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to just Google um, software for nail salons Do it and Google news. Yeah, I'll do that.
2: And then here's the other side while you're doing that. It also, the other part is like, that you can also be in mainstream publication, So, mm-hmm. because you have a story. So the, the, going the back. The New
0: York Times, the New York Times <laughs> a few months ago, want your nails done? Let a robot do it. Uh, there you and go. Then, and then there's a lot of oh, TechCrunch, Newsweek. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, so, okay. All right. Yeah, good. exactly. Uh, NBC good. News, CNBC.
2: Yeah. yeah all right. Go ahead. So that's so cool. So So that shows
1: you it's possible. Okay, so now we know it's possible. And now we know there are journalists writing about it. And there are producers that are producing segments about it. Amazing. So that kind of debunks our limiting belief that like, who would want to know about this?
2: Yeah. And the cool thing is also just to jump in is like you look at each one of those people, either the, whoever the writer was, um, or whoever the, like, if it says the producer for like, let's say the CNBC segment, like those, all those people are people that you can now pitch as well because you have to just, a, you're going to have a different angle on their story and you know, it's something they already are interested in. All right. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Jen, sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. So you got that. So you can cold pitch these people. All right. That's, we all can do that. We can all find an email, we can cold pitch them, but we bring on a lot of producers onto our programs of of shows. And the number one question that people ask them is what's going to make you open up my pitch. What's going to make you open up my email. And they all say the same thing. They're like, listen, I get thousands of emails in my inbox pitches a week, thousands. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to open your email unless I know you or have a relationship with you or know someone that knows you or got an introduction. So we always say that relationships are the key when it comes to getting in the media. So James, we actually have like this tool that I really want to teach you right now because it's going to rock your world and you're going to be able to use it to get in the media or just to get anything that you want in your life in 20 days using your network. Okay.
0: Bring it on. Okay. Let's go. was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible zip recruiter zip recruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ziprecruitercom slash James.
1: So this is called the top 20 tool. And what we don't realize often is you said to me, you're like, Jen, I don't know anybody. I don't have any connections, but you do. You have so many more connections than you even realize. And everybody listening to also does. They just either are a a little too scared to really dig in and think about asking people for things or reaching out to people. Okay. So they put it to the side or B, they're just not looking hard enough or thinking deep enough. So we have this tool called The Top 20, and it can work for any goal, whether that's to get into the media, get investors for your company, find customers, find a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or a wife, it works, all right? So everyone that's listening, and James, you're gonna make four columns on a sheet of paper, okay, long ways columns. In the first column all the way on the left, on the top you're gonna write people, okay? And you're gonna do a list of 20 people that you know in your whole life network, so not just your business network, your life, people you went to high school, college with, your aunts, your uncles, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, everybody that you know, anyone that could possibly help you with that goal. So for this case, to get you into the media. So maybe they have a connection to someone in the media. Maybe they used to work at the media. Anyone, open your phone, open your Facebook, your Instagram, go deep. Your your brain might be like, but Jen, like, I really feel like I don't. I bet you you know more than you think, especially and, you,
0: James. And and, and and can I add to this? You shouldn't yes. um, You shouldn't filter that list. You shouldn't say, oh, well, this person doesn't like me, so it's not a connection. Or, oh, I, I didn't go to this person's Boom. birthday party, so I can't really call him now. Like, you, you, there should be no filter because that's all narrative in your head, not in their head.
1: Yep. A thousand percent. You just write their name down anyway. Don't worry about talking to them yet. This part is not about talking to anybody. It's just you in your room writing some names down. So just... No filter.
2: It reminds me of like, so with your ideas list, you know, your 10 ideas a day, Mm -hmm. like you, like how you say, like, write the ideas down, even if you think they're horrible and you're never going to use them because it's just the, you're flexing your idea muscle. So here you're flexing your connection muscle and, you know, in that way. So, and And and
0: most people, just like most ideas don't work out. Most people won't respond to you, but you only need that first one. So like, even when I had all the ideas and I was writing to people to to, and giving them ideas, you know, three out of twenty responded that first that first time. You know, and then the, mean. the response rate gets better and better. But initially, you just need a you just need a few responses, and most won't respond.
1: Yeah, you just yeah, you just need one. And when you write down all those names, it really reminds you. Oh wait, I, I knew more people than I thought I did. So maybe um, I'm holding myself back in other ways too. So it's a great exercise. Just and Chris, I love that you said that about the ten ideas because when I started doing that, I was like, I have so more ideas than I realized. Yeah, the 10 ideas a day thing. And you're right, this is very similar to that. I'm gonna, mm-hmm.
0: I, I I have an idea about this, but uh, it's very similar to that. It's that you're, you're flexing that muscle because most people think, if they're just thinking, they think to themselves, I don't know anybody. But t- t- taking the action of writing it down, you will come up with 10, 20, 100, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's, here's how we make it even stronger for you. So, yep. all right. So we have one column, you write those 20 people down. All right, go to the next column, Jen.
1: So the next column over, you're going to rank each person on a scale of one to 10. You're going to give them a score. It's going to be on their influence, but not like how many Instagram followers they have, how influential they are. How influential are they in getting you what you want? Scale of one to 10. Okay. So it's just a
0: guess though, right? Like how do just you know? a guess?
1: It's a guess. Like if yeah. you could rank them. Like, so if James, if you were on my list and I wanted to get on your show, I I'm, would say Well, I'm
0: one because you're on you're, my show. You're a 10. Right. Yeah, you're a ten. Ten. One yeah. to 10. 10
1: is the highest, one yeah. is the lowest. Exactly. Yep. But even before I got on your show, I would say, James is 10, he's my friend. Ten. Like, yep. yeah, there we go. So then, so you're gonna rank so maybe it's someone that it's one of those people that you're like, oh man, I haven't spoken to them in years. I don't even think they like me, but they're on the list. That's fine. Maybe they're one or a two. Like, they have a low score. That's okay. They can be on the list. They just have a lower score. Okay? So then we move over to the next column. And the next column on the top, you're going to write the word help. And you're going to rank that person on a scale of one to 10, same person. We're just going across the, the column there on how likely they are to help you get you what you want. So in this case, it's the media. So let's use James. Let's use this example again. So let's say, I really want to get on the James Altucher show. Well, influenced, James's show, he's a 10. Help, I would say James and I are pretty good friends. I think that he would put me on the show, so I would say like a 10, maybe a nine if I was feeling a little insecure, but like a high score. But let's say, um, this is someone on your list that maybe you've barely spoken to them, you don't have a great relationship, you haven't done a lot to help them. You know, it would be one of those situations where yeah. they would be annoyed if you asked them, they would be a one or a two or a three, right? So, we've got yeah. those scores. Then you're going to add up the two scores, the influence and the help score, and you're going to get a grand final score for each person in the final column, and you're going to sort the scores in descending order. That means the people with the highest scores are at the top, the people with the lowest scores are at the bottom. Okay. Okay, now here's what's going to happen next for all you introverts. Don't worry. The people at the top of the list, their 20s, 19s, 18s, they've got high scores. They're influential, they can get you what you want, and they are likely to help you because you have a good relationship with them. So for those people... You're going to pull up your pants and you're just going to ask them. You're going to ask them for help. You're going to say, James, hi, I really want to be on your show. Like, I've always wanted to. It would make my whole life. Like, I could provide a lot of value for your audience. I could talk about how to get on TV in five days. You know, do you think we could schedule, uh, you know, uh, Maybe
2: on the podcast. Boom. And ask. Another good thing to do around that, like when you're making that ask is like say like you, you can also be like, listen, I'm really scared to ask you this, but yeah. um, I, you know, like being honest, like I think that that's like going back to humility is another big thing. Like, but one of my big, uh, w- one of my goals this year is making more uncomfortable ass. And other, one of my other goals is being on more influential podcasts like yours. So I have this great idea and then you would list it out so like just saying like just like that it 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 allows you to be you know more real and you know like if you're friends with somebody and you get something like that you're like okay you can identify with that you're like yeah i would feel the same way i get scared to ask people um it's cool that she has this goal and yeah this sounds like a great idea so that it's like something you can just almost come right out and just ask it so but what about the lower people
1: yeah. Okay. So in worst case scenario, they say no, but either way you flexed your asking muscles. You did something uncomfortable. James, I always still now to this day do dare of the days all the time or oh, yeah, I do right. something scary. 10% yeah.
0: off the coffee.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I do that all the time. So that would be my dare of the day to ask somebody from my list if I could get in the media or or for my goal question about what my goal is. All right. So people are lower on the list. These are the people that you haven't helped in a long time. You don't know them that well. They're not that influential. Okay. Instead of asking them for help, you can't can't do that yet. You have not put in the relationship capital yet to ask these people for help. So when you get to their name on the list, instead of asking them for something, you are going to do one thing to provide value to that person. But here's the thing. You cannot ask them what they need help with because that's a homework assignment. We all know Uh, we don't like it. Oh my
0: God. I can't believe you said that. I always say, don't write me, don't write anybody and say, "I, I, I love everything you do. I'll help you with whatever you need. What do you need? Because
2: can yeah. I help you?
0: Yeah, because it's like you said, look, they have the great intentions and they're good people, but you, you can't give someone a homework assignment. They're already busy. That's why you're interested in talking to them because they're busy people. So you can't give them another thing to do. Like, yeah. Oh I, my don't gosh. Know, when people I don't know ask what me, I need help with.
1: I know. Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea. Let me get back to you when I know. And then I never get back. I'm like, this is the, I can't, I can't. It's are too you much ignoring brain it. Cover.
2: Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's something that you yeah it's a homework it's something I you don't want to do that
1: <laughs> yeah so your job is to figure out what that person needs so and just important. go do it
0: I feel like you took my life from this several year period where I did this and you've you've turned it into a process and a methodology like this is how I realized I needed to do things is to, to provide enormous enormous value in order to get even like one response. And mm-hmm. it, but it works. That works. So, so but like, what's, what's it, give me an example of like, so, you know, cause you guys work with a lot of people. What's an example of maybe even a hard case where they went through this and they, they figured out how to help somebody. And then one thing led to another.
2: Yeah. Uh, so give me a great example. Of you, Chrissy, so go ahead. Yeah. I, I remember at one of our events, um this the you know we bring together producers and you know all these different people and there's a producer from Good Morning America there and uh this woman uh was talking to him attendee at our event and she's talking to him and he like just having a regular conversation because that's what we say like You know, have like real conversations with people, like get to know them, like in in a, in a case, like where it's like a mixer, like that type of thing. Don't talk about like, uh, you know, just like, Oh my God. What do you need help with? What are you working on? What are you doing this? And. As part of the conversation, it came up. He's like, you know what? Like, I'm so stressed right now. I need to find this guest for the end of the week. Um, I need to find a parent with a kid that's graduating college that hasn't, um, you know, that doesn't have a job yet. And she's like... You met, you're, you're looking at him, like she literally, her son was getting ready to graduate, and um, and she wound up being on Good Morning America, and it was a segment with her, um, her son, uh, uh, Barbara Corcoran, Robert Horserick, you know, and then she then, you know, through like really going the extra mile, she was able to then connect with Barber and Robert after do a Facebook live with them, like on their channels. And just as a matter of just like listening and being there, um, you know, we've had people who've gone through our boot camp um, who like just from, uh, I remember this one guy, he had spent about 60 grand with a PR agency the year before. And they had told him they booked zero, they booked zero segments for him and they told him, You're the reason why you're going to have to change. And like they didn't take any accountability, any ownership. They blamed it on him saying that he, you know, just like the way he was, he's a life coach, um, absolutely amazing life coach, great guy. And, you know, when he went through our boot camp and the five day boot camp that you're talking about before, it, he wound up like our thing is like we're like be more you like lean into who you are unless you're going to change. Like for me, like I'm not going to get my doctorate, and I'm not going to do anything. So I lean into not having those degrees. I lean into all that stuff. Um, but for him and he literally took exactly what we you know taught him. And by the weekend, and this was during the um, the protests around George Floyd and everything, he wound up figuring out a way um, and building a relationship and got on CNN that weekend um, and then was so good because what we teach people as well is like, treat the reporter the producer the writer the editor like they're your best friend that's how I always did everything that's how I kept getting booked over and over just I would make it so easy for them make their job so easy because if you make their job easy they're going to remember you because especially now they're so short-staffed and there's a 24 7 365 day news cycle it never stops so if you make their job easy they're going to want you back so this guy got brought back they even had one time where they gave him his own hashtag on CNN America his life coach like his own hashtag like how great of that branding you know this guy as a result went from zero tv appearances to um i think he did over 200 in you know the last year and just He's like, like a
1: little celebrity now too he, yeah. started a TV out on your,
0: star. he started out on this be on tv on boot the boot camp, camp. yeah, yeah. So, exactly so what's the what's the boot camp
2: all right we know yeah. that it's perfect for your audience um Jen, You want to break down what it is and then i want to also just like Say what we're gonna do with uh, for different yes. people.
1: Surprise you oh, a thousand percent. Oh,
0: I'm, so I'm, I'm happy you're gonna do something for the listeners.
1: <laughs> this is well, first, this is our favorite show that there is. Okay, we've been Excellent. listening to it since the beginning of time. So wh- whatever we can do for your listeners, but the Be On TV Bootcamp is we teach anybody that has a service, a story, or a product, or something that they want to get recognized for, get on TV for. We'll teach you how to get on TV, leverage TV. Be better on camera in five days or less. So in five days, essentially a lot of our people end up using what Chris just said, using the stuff that we teach them at the beginning of the boot camp and get on TV before the boot camp even ends. And many of the people that come to our boot camp actually have never been on camera before, are very introverted, are very shy, are very scared, and they've never even done a Facebook Live. And what we do in this boot camp is we don't only teach people how to pitch, how to get their messaging right, how to find the lean-in story, how to do the top 20, how to leverage their relationships. But most importantly, we really help them with a combination of the community of the amazing people that we bring together and also the mindset shift that we help them create in the beginning to be able to really get those limiting beliefs out the door and start to actually, oh my gosh, press go live or record and get on camera for the very first time. And many of the people that come to us that have never done that before in their life they were on camera for the first time during the on TV boot camp, and now some of them have their own TV shows. They've written books. They're on Facebook every day. They've been on TV. It's just, we lift the veil of that scariness of of what it might feel like to be on TV and help them push through that and get more confident.
2: It's all done virtually, so yeah. it's not a in person thing. It's you know we teach it in about an hour a day over five days, um, you know through Facebook Live and or Zoom, um, and you know so it's really really easy and convenient for people. And um, in your
1: sweatpants.
2: Yeah, and I just want to give out because we're going to do something special just for your people, so. If they go to beontvbootcamp.com, so beontvbootcamp, exactly like it sounds, slash altiture, then there's going to be something special there waiting for them.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. And, and you know, I think it's I, – I forgot to ask, but you mentioned this. It's very important once you're on TV. Like, I remember the very first time I was on a television show in 2004, I was so nervous – I thought I was going to get sick. I, I was just going to walk out at the last minute and just say, forget it. I'm not going to do this. Um, but, you know, now it's much easier for me. But having that on-camera presence is really important. Like now, you know, that I've done so much public speaking and even comedy and stuff like that, I feel much more comfortable. But what are tips you give for people who are like first time on TV or Facebook Live or whatever?
1: So one of the things that we teach, I'm going to give your listeners a little sneak peek because this is my favorite thing. And um, that has actually completely changed my life when it comes to imposter syndrome. So many people Mm. get this this I I need this right now. Yeah. James, this is going to blow your mind. You're going to love it. You're going to use it. So this thing called imposter syndrome, right? Where we feel like, Oh, who am I to do this? Who am I to be speaking on this stage? Or who am I to be on television? Or who am I to uh, talk about this? One day they're all going to figure out that I'm a fraud or I don't really know anything. I, I, I get these limiting beliefs on, on the daily basis. And a lot of other people, I used to be on VH1 for 14 seasons and I interviewed rock stars and every single one of these rock stars, they were like, it was like slash. And like all the guys, like the biggest rock stars of all time, they all had imposter syndrome too. And I was like, Whoa, if you guys feel like imposters and you're nervous, then I I guess I'm kind of normal. I guess all humans experience this. But the reason that we experience it is because we spend way too much time comparing our wins and our moments to other people's and we think that other people are doing so much better than us because we're not taking account for all the great things that we've done because they're too close to us it's like boring like all the things that I've done is it's not that interesting to me but if I were to tell somebody else maybe they would think it's pretty badass so i created this thing called the badass list which we actually do on the first day of the boot camp and it has helped so many people to not only we had one woman that was on the suicide hotline the day before our boot camp and she was gonna kill herself and she signed up for our boot camp and she came on and we did the badass list with her she created her badass list and then she was like I have something to live for and she continued on and this woman is thriving
0: all right well what, how do I make the when badass list <laughs> okay yeah. so
1: this is it yeah I've talked it up a lot here we go so you're gonna make a list. In your phone, so not on a piece of paper, I want it to be in your notes in your phone so you always have it, of all the moments in your life when you were a total badass. And these could be personal moments, like when your daughter was born, uh, when you know when you spoke in front of thousands of people, maybe someone ran a marathon, maybe when you won a huge chess tournament, when your podcast went live, when you hit a certain amount of listeners. Moments in your life where you took a beat and you were like, wow. I'm pretty cool. That was pretty awesome, and you feel that. Well, and I want you to write it all down.
0: That, there and sorry, sorry to know What's interesting there is yeah. my first instinct is to say, "Oh, it's never happened." But then you start listing things, and of course, yeah. you listed things <laughs> particular to me. But you're right; there are these moments that you. It's almost like you have to give little for for people who are like for someone who was just on the suicide hotline. They might not see that there were any moments, but they need to be just reminded. So it's good to to do the reminder.
1: Exactly. And here's where it really gets crazy because it it feels very different now. When you feel like an imposter and you're having that moment where you're like, who am I to be on TV or James before you went on that segment for the first time and you were so nervous, you would take out your badass list and you would read it out loud, but you read it as if you're reading about somebody else. Maybe someone, maybe someone you're proud of or someone you're jealous of and pretend it's another person. And you read those things and just ask yourself like, is this person a badass? Like, am I impressed with this person? And, you're, and take a moment to marvel at yourself and be kind of jealous of yourself or be like, whoa, this person's really cool. And then take a beat, take a breath and be like, holy crap, that person's me. And if I could do all those things, what I'm about to do is like, absolutely no big deal. I'm totally worthy of doing this.
0: And do you feel when people go through that process and that exercise, when they then, if there's a before and after, like, do you see a difference?
1: I
2: mean, I'm sure you do. Oh my God. Massive. The woman that Jen's talking about, just for an example, said this woman named Brendan, she's come out publicly and talked about this, but she had been in the army and she had been sexually assaulted in the army many years ago. She was a black woman, and uh, this was right during the time uh, around like everything that had happened with George Floyd and all that, Um, and her marriage had just broken down. Um, So all these things, you know, kind of combined, and she literally was, was about to to, as she say, take myself out Um, because she just felt like she had nothing to to live for anymore. And she called uh, the suicide hotline and the guy, you know, talked to her and said, listen, just hang on for one day and find something to do, you know, find something that interests you. And she wound up getting an email and the email talked about our BNTV bootcamp. Um, And it was from somebody she trusted. And she was like, you know what? I don't really want to be on TV, but this is something that I can do at least. And she said she came on, and you know, like that first day, uh, and she was like, you know, like who are these two people? I hate them, like you know all this. Like they're so happy and shy. Like this is not gonna work. And literally, Jen, she did the badass list that Jen talked about, and she said she like. She started reading it and she just started sobbing and remembered all of the things, you know, the all the amazing things she had done in her life and all these different things. And like literally it was like almost like an instant transformation. She just like went into motion and she started then – she started creating – she did like a Facebook live talking about this. And then here's where it becomes more powerful though is because the success ripples, the ripples, um, she then I think the next day, she gets a message from a woman whose son had committed suicide four years before. And this woman had been in deep mourning for ba- for four years, like to the point where she really wasn't feeding her kids, like, you know, just like she wasn't really getting out of bed. She said, thanks to you for this morning for the first time in four years i i woke up i went downstairs i cooked my kids breakfast for the first time because you shared your story and you know that's like the thing that we're really like the most passionate about um you know a lot of people listening might be thinking like i don't necessarily want to be on tv you know there's a lot of people that come that don't you know that they but we are able to help them improve their confidence yeah it's not just about
0: tv this this is really the power of ask like, yeah, this TV, is about how to ask, and TV is we, just an example. It's like a hard thing to ask for.
2: Exactly, what we always say is we're we're a media company uh, that is secretly a personal development company. We just use media as the gateway um, to that. And you know what happens is people want you know they get more connected because there's so, like the people as you talked about at the beginning coming to our events or seeing how like we bring together good people and we show them the power of gratitude. We show them the power of connection of, you know, of helping somebody else to feel better because that's how you always do. And, you know, it just becomes this ripple effect and it's so unbelievably powerful. When's, uh,
0: when's your next boot camp? When's, when is it?
2: So the next one's coming up really, really soon. Uh, so you go to be on slash alter and mm-hmm. you can sign up. Uh, I think it's in, like, the next week. And be on com slash Altature.
0: And uh, let, me, let me ask you a question that's... Oh, two, two questions I have. Uh, one is, I've heard you guys both talk a lot about unfair advantage. In fact, I've stolen the phrase from you, and I've also talked a lot about unfair advantage. So... I really think this is a very strong concept, which I always bring to people. I I tell, talk to people about this all the time. Like if someone says, Oh, I think X, Y, Z stock is a buy, or I think this might be a good business. I always ask them like, why you like, why would you have any edge over the other 7 billion people on this planet on what you're doing here? Or, you know, you want to write a book on this. People have already written a book on it. Like why, what's, what, what do you have to offer? And I don't say it in a mean way, but, the concept of an unfair advantage, even if it's tiny, is so important. And it's related to this because everybody's unique, as you said, when they make their list of influencers and their badass list and the list of people who can help them, all that is a unique combination and to some extent is part of their unfair advantage, plus the ways in which they could help others. So define what you mean by unfair advantage.
2: So for us, where this came from was I was in this, uh, still am in a small mastermind with three other guys when they all lived in New York City. Um, it do was I know? Me. Uh, yeah, you definitely do. Todd Herman, who's oh, yeah. been on your show, Todd um, Jonathan Fields, who also yeah. has one of the top podcasts. My, you know,
0: you know, Jonathan and I are second cousins. So,
2: I did
1: not you know are? that.
0: Yeah, second <laughs> really? or third, we we couldn't. We it's somewhere on the family tree. I forget exactly the the. Map. That's cool. Yeah,
2: and you both have huge podcasts, and yeah. you both lived like almost like uh, two Neighbors. blocks away from each other oh, yeah. when you were in New York City. So, and then Ryan Lee, who runs a amazing uh, sports bar company. So, anyway, they um, the, you know, one of the big greatest advantages of being around people that are smart and can see things. They can see things that you can't necessarily see. So one day I came to meet that we would meet like every month. And they, at that point I had like a personal development and productivity company because that's what I was really passionate about at the time. Even though I wasn't that passionate, but that's what I was just into. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sell stuff around this. And, um, and they looked at me and they're like, Chris, Why are you not teaching people what you know best? And I was like, "Wow, what do you mean? You know, I didn't necessarily like hearing that, but they're like, well, anytime we describe you to anyone, we describe you as our unfair advantage. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, well, if we want to get in the media, we want to find an agent. We want to find a freelance, like we need anything. You're able to take out your phone, text somebody and make it happen in 30 seconds where it would, you know, take us like weeks. And I thought about it and the unfair advantage had was just my network, my relationships, the connections that I had built. And, um, and by the way, the reason I say day, I don't remember which one and they all take credit for it now because it became something big. So it wasn't, I, they all say, Oh, I'm the one who said it, but I just uh, make it into that. They all had the idea. Um, and you know, so I started to really think about that and then I started to really think about it with the media and, There was so, there's so many entrepreneurs, especially, um, that I would meet that would just think of the media as like some black box where, you know, I don't know how, like they're like, I don't get the language. I don't know how to get inside it. I don't know how to get behind the rope, whatever it is. And I started doing these events to just show people like how easy it is. It's based on relationships. It's based on just having something unique about your story. It's based on showing up for people like that really works. And it's also, it works for like, if you're a good person, it doesn't mean like, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff in that happens in the media and people have all these different, um, you know, conception about it, but like our, we're just looking to get good stuff into the media. We're looking at good people with good stories that are doing good. And the thing that we always say to people is that you have a responsibility. So you have a like, it, and this, this makes it so much easier for them to understand, like you have a responsibility to get your story in front of people, to get your product your service in front of people, because if you don't, somebody else is going to buy it from somebody who doesn't care as much as you do, who's not as good as you and who's not going to be able to get them the results that you can just because you think that self promotion is gross, you know, like that whole thing. So that's like where the whole idea around unfair advantage for us came from was just like thinking about unfair advantage being our relationships and our unique story. The other thing that we always say is your message, your message. And, you know, the, uh, you are somebody um, that is so great with this, is sharing the messy parts of your life. You're, you're somebody, as you know, and I've told you this multiple times, it, it inspired me. Your book literally changed my life. And side note, the way I found you, if it wasn't for media, I would never have found you because I found you from a random TechCrunch article Um, I don't even know how many years, seven or eight years ago, you wrote like a hundred things of something. And I was like, who is this guy? This is amazing. Like I'd saved the article. I went and, uh, and this is how media works. This is exactly how it works. It's not direct. Like you wouldn't know this unless I told you, but I went I Googled you. I found choose yourself. I read choose yourself. It was the, the book literally changed my life. I don't say, I've told you this privately. um, But, and then I just started reading every single thing by you. And it led me to a other book that wound up changing my life which was The Science of Getting Rich. You mentioned that randomly and I think oh, yeah. like the well, F- H- Yeah and you were the first one to turn me on that and like but like think about that how cool is that like that's from I s- saw you in the media um you know then I saw other stuff about you in the media I just and then like I became like I'm gonna read everything this guy ever wrote and I literally did and you know that's the that that's the, and then the thing around your message your message like for each person like the, a lot of people think they have to be perfect and they can't share like their backstory or anything like this no way we want, you know, like people don't want perfect anymore. Um, I don't know if they ever did.
0: Yeah. You know, and it'll, it'll create controversy sometimes. And some people won't like it that you're sharing that, but those people you don't want to deal with anyway.
2: Exactly. And that's great because you don't, you want to, you want to push away the people that aren't for you just as much as you want to bring the people in that are.
1: And people always ask us, like, how do you stand out from the crowd? Because a lot of the people that come to our BNTV bootcamp or come to our event, they're like, oh my gosh, there's hundreds, not thousands of other life coaches or people that do the exact same thing as me or authors that have written this exact same book. And what we say, like, honestly, your unfair advantage is you. There is only one you. There was only one James Altucher. There's only one Chris Winfield. There's only one Jen. And someone can say the exact same thing that you're saying, but there's going to be people out there that only resonate with the way that you say it. And that is your unfair advantage. And if you stay true to who you are, whether that is imperfect, the more imperfect, the better, right? The more imperfect, the more messy, the more just authentically you, you can be, the more people are going to really resonate with you or really be, like you said, James, like appalled by you. And that's even better because that's how you attract raving fans.
0: No, I I agree. Like you have to be, you can't be like, like, first off there's no such thing as the crowd like everybody just buys into a language so they feel like oh it's acceptable if i speak in this language and everybody's unique like you say and as long as you don't write in that common language you're where you're afraid to expose everything and you only say the acceptable things you, you you'll never have the unfair advantage you have to you have to be authentic you have to speak like you you have to write like you you have to be comfortable in whatever situation you're in. Like, even if you're on TV, it's just a conversation with someone doesn't matter that the cameras are there. And I think that's right. That is a strong, like for me, I built a, I had an audience already from writing, but once I started really being, you know, this is like 2009, 2010, really exposing like everything going on horrible in my life. My audience went up. That was my unfair advantage. My audience went up huge. Nobody was doing it at that time. And so, So here's another question. This is this is related to to everything we've been talking about, but I I'm asking you guys this because I know you'll have an answer for me. I've ghosted a lot of people, particularly over the past year. This is unrelated to be uh beontvbootcamp.com. I've go, uh, but it, but it's related too. Like when you make the list of who could help me, I feel like I was a little burnt out this year and there was probably a several month period where I just did not respond to anybody. Like friends, family, whoever. And how, how do I, what's your advice? How do I like even really, really good friends. And I feel really bad. Like in the beginning of it, I said, look, I might not respond for a while, but then I just stopped responding to everybody. Like really important, successful people that I admired would write to me. And I just never would respond. I tell myself I have to respond and I never would. So what should I do to get back in touch with people?
1: I'm always a huge proponent, especially if it's people that you, that you've had a good relationship with in the past, that is a good friend of yours. I, we all do this, right? And I always like my number one tip for when you're networking or you're making a relationship with somebody or you feel awkward is to announce the elephant in the room. Once you've announced the elephant in the room, everybody can exhale because everybody's been in a similar situation. And you never underestimate the other person's insecurities or the other person's fears yeah, or I'm the sure other, they're all that like the other person upset at me. No or or they've done the same thing to other people. So I always like to just be completely and totally vulnerable and honest because when you're vulnerable and honest and you just say it and you announce the elephant, it takes all the pressure off and like, what's the worst that can happen? So if I were you, I would call my friends, text my friends, email my friends, however you communicate with them and be like, listen, tell them exactly what you just told us. I don't know what happened. I just, I literally didn't talk to anybody. I didn't communicate with anyone. I'm sorry. I want you to know you're important to me. And you know, if you don't want to talk to me ever again, I totally understand.
0: I like that last part too, that even if you don't, it's like, the, it's like the initial way I send ideas. You don't have to respond to me. Yep. I just want you to know that you're important to me. You know, sorry, whatever. And then, and then conclude.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and then the biggest thing after that is the one thing that I hate is if someone does that to me, I'm like, that's amazing. That's cool. I do that too. No worries. I still love you most of the time. You know, I would, I, I, if someone said that to me, honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I would be like, wow, thank you for saying that. That takes balls to say that and to reach out after that. And I really appreciate you. But here's the thing. After you've said that, you can't disappear again. You got to keep, you got to stay and you got to continue. Yeah. <laughs> So do you want to do it or not? <laughs> That's the All thing. right, we'll see. Uh, well, you could also say
2: that. Like, I am yeah. you know, like, I, I'm ebbs and, there's ebbs and flows in my life. And, um, you know, the other thing is, though, like, just by responding... That a lot of times people, and I am definitely guilty of this, will make up a story about the relationship and, you know, like thinking it's something that they did or like this has happened with me, Mm -hmm. like with a bunch of people that I've reached out to um, recently and I'm like, like, I'm not even writing. Like, did I do something wrong? Like, and so like they'll think that maybe you're like, all right, you're mad at them, or you're too cool for them, or you're too successful, or whatever it is. Like, it's like. The and so, like, by just responding and just like putting it out there, like, that will just change that part because that's often what we do. Um, we uh, like, as human, at least me, like, I always will think, Oh, it's something this person doesn't like me because uh, it's something that I did. I remember I this I tell this story at one of our events, but I had this great relationship with this producer and I was texting her all the time, and you know, we were doing stuff together. And I texted her one day and I was like, I saw that she got a new job at at time and I was like, congrats on your new gig. And text went through and I was like, next day I was like, I just want to make sure you saw that I'm so happy for you. No response and so in my mind i'm like oh my god i hate her now like she's like too big good for me like wow what is time i ready for time too blah blah blah. all this and you know i went to jen and angela who runs our agency and i was like oh my i don't think kate likes me anymore and blah 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 and like let's not do anything with her and then um they're like why don't you just reach out to her on uh facebook like maybe she got a new phone when she changed jobs and i was like Oh yeah that could be it so i reach out to her on facebook she responds to me immediately she's like oh thank you so much i'm like oh yeah i texted you she's like oh yeah i switched phones Uh, i don't have access to that phone anymore i'm like oh yeah that makes complete sense and like my like the emojis i was using went from like passive aggressive to like happy to like so excited (laughs) over the 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 course of that one little text interaction and like this one mentor of mine told me once, "Your mind's a dangerous neighborhood. Don't go there alone." So that's why I always go to somebody and just ask for something.
0: That's a great quote. I'm gonna steal that one too and not give you yes, any credit for it. Yeah, steal it. it. <laughs> um, but that this great. I'm gonna experiment with this. I'm, I'm gonna pick one person today. I'm gonna to ex- send this email. It's exact email as you were writing at Jen, and uh, and see see how it works. And then one other one other thing. I have an idea for you guys. You know how. Um, you have those four lists or, and then five, five lists, actually, if you have the, uh, the, the badass uh, list as well, Mm -hmm. you should, this is just an idea, not you should, but what if everybody, if they were comfortable with this, what if everybody did this and made it public on some system you have, and then it's searchable. So for instance, Cool. Um, if I, and, and there's also a list of like hashtags, like who I am, like, Oh, hashtag nail salon, hashtag software, whatever. And, uh, so then I can say, I can search it. Like, let's say it's in one system, uh, almost like a mini social network, like the, the, you know, unfair advantage social network. And I can search it so that, Oh, do I know anybody who knows someone at salon weekly and, uh, is also a software person, and blah, blah blah. And then I'd see all these names, you know, pop up, and I'd see the connection, the interconnections of how I can get from this person to that person. I don't know, just something I that, love it. yeah, kind of I like a, a product. I love it because then, you, and then, and then, for people who go to you know, Beyond TV boot camp, uh, they get access to this kind of very private, exclusive network. So, like, oh, so and so knows, uh, you know. I don't know some podcaster. It's on their list, and I have an idea for that podcaster, but I don't know anybody who knows them. Now it's all you're all interconnected, or or I need someone who's 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 at some point given a, a, a TED talk, and that's on their badass list. I just want to ask for advice uh, before I uh, pitch them. Uh, boom, I, on someone's badass list, or three people on uh, who've been to one of your boot camps in the past five years. Uh, they've been given TED talks, and so now I could ask them who who to pitch.
1: I love it. I love it. <laughs> right. I love it. We need to somewhere that builds software, James. Yeah. I know you know some people. You might be on my top twenty list.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. So, yeah. <laughs> um But okay, so you're you're, you're doing the uh, beontvbootcamp dot and for listeners slash Altature. I don't know yes. what you'll find there, but it's going to be good. If I know <laughs> Jen and Chris, and uh, it sounds really exciting. So good luck with it, and. Uh, again, I think your message is is super important because I know I'm the worst introvert i'm I was terrified every time I had to give a public talk or go on TV or whatever. i've had I've had imposter syndrome every day up until this morning. and uh, uh but this stuff's really important. this has this type of thinking has made my career like, more important than anything else. It, it, it means I can call people and they, and they respond because of all these things that you, that you guys have been talking about. So it's, it's really important whether you're an entrepreneur or just need help asking for things. This is, this is important stuff. So thanks for, I've known you guys forever. It's the first time you're on, on the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. You're always welcome back. Anytime you're a friend of the podcast and an FOP. FOP,
2: thank you so much. Thank you. This was such an honor. We had so much fun and uh, so grateful for you.
0: Yeah, thank you guys.